Before we get started on Office Talk with Raleigh Magazine, we'd like to tell you about the Miracle Moments Luncheon to benefit Easter Seals UCP Port Health. Earfluence, which produces this podcast, is a proud sponsor, and we'd like you to join us May 1st, 2024 at 1130 Eastern Time at the Hilton Garden Inn in Cary. This event helps raise funds and awareness for the life-changing direct services provided to more than 40,000 children, adults, and families living with disabilities, mental health, and substance challenges so they can live their best lives. We'll put more information on Easter Seals and the luncheon in the show notes, but again, that's Wednesday, May 1st at 1130 at the Hilton Garden Inn in Cary, and we hope to see you there. Attention bourbon lovers, are you ready for a taste sensation like no other? Old Raleigh Distillery, recently awarded Best Micro Distillery in the U.S., invites you to experience the art of whiskey blending firsthand. Located just east of Raleigh in downtown Zebulon, the distillery specializes in premium, micro-batched bourbon, and limited-release whiskeys. Visit the tasting room Tuesday through Sunday to savor a wide variety of whiskeys, specialty cocktails, wine, and beer. And don't miss a chance to peek behind the curtain with a tour of the blending operation every Saturday and Sunday at 1 and 2 p.m. For more information and to plan your visit, visit oldraleydistillery.com. Follow on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Old Raleigh Distillery for exclusive updates and behind-the-scenes content. Old Raleigh Distillery, where every sip tells a story. And it was so cool to see the reactions and just the humility and the excitement and everybody is still a buzz. Uh, they have the best French fries in Raleigh. Cut to the chase. They That's have the best exactly French fries in say. Raleigh. Hands down. You're listening to Office Talk with Raleigh Magazine. I'm your host, Gina Stevens. You may know Raleigh Magazine, but what you may not know is how we get our stories. It's all inside baseball. You'd be surprised what people will tell us. Our MO is telling stories no one else is telling. So this podcast is where you get the inside access to stories you won't read anywhere else. So let's dive into some of Raleigh Magazine's biggest stories. This month, Raleigh Magazine released its 25 Best Restaurants issue, and this is part two. So if you're listening and you haven't listened to part one, episode 26, stop, go back and listen to part one first. For the rest of you, There's so much more we want to share about the winning restaurants and our exclusive Chef Restaurant Owner Awards party. With me today, of course, is our Editor-in-Chief, Melissa, to talk about our deliciously subjective list. Melissa, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. Always happy to talk about food, naturally, and Raleigh's fab foodie scene. So for those that listened to the last episode, but maybe in the last week or two, quick reminder— uh, we had named our best new restaurant. We debated between two, essentially, but we came down to the award went to Cachillo. Say it with me. Cachillo. Exactly. And restaurant of the year, Crawford and Son. No surprise. Round of applause. The party was super fun. And a and, uh, shout out to Dram and Draft. Yes. Kevin and Drew, our favorites, allowed us to use the rooftop of one Glenwood. First of all, that is a spectacular space that that most people don't get to see unless you work in that building. And I was talking to Amber Mushakas, president at LM Restaurants, and she said, you know what's funny about this view is we could be here today, and three months from now we could come back, and the view is totally different because you could look almost 180 degrees, mm-hmm. and you could see construction and buildings that were coming out of the ground and there were so many people who had not been up there before that they were staying on the patio just looking out. It was nice because it had this exclusive feel to it because you you had to be on the list to get in. And so it wasn't just anybody up there. Yeah, when we went up to walk it a couple of days before the party, I just was awestruck. Yeah, you had not you know? been there before. I hadn't been up there before. And even going up there again a couple of days later for the party, you just can't really put into words what that view is like you're trying to like piece together in your mind what you're looking at and it's just stunning and and then the space itself is beautiful the the wall opens up like what the sliding glass the sliding glass and it sort of this indoor outdoor affair and you have you know as we said before all the top names mm-hmm. in hospitality in one room and um, we also had uh, Durham distillery oh. Melissa Contrinsic was there with her brand new 
Jen, oh, I can't steal your thunder. I was going to yes. say, you have to talk about so it. So I was so excited when I reached out to Melissa. We do some things with them on a regular basis. And I said, we're doing, we're putting all the chefs in one room and all the restaurant owners. And she said, I'm in. And so she and Alex set up a bar and everyone got to have gin and tonics and French 75s with the <laughs> new Kinship Purple Gin. Oh, these drinks were gorgeous. So when you add tonic or citrus to it, it changes color. It was good. Oh I my have God. To it was admit just it. stunningly to gorgeous, it. too, in every photo. I can't tell you how many people. And she sent a bottle home with me. I know. So I I'm enjoyed jealous. it when watching football this weekend. Yes. Um, it was nice. It was, And then, of course, Dram had a bar set up Dram on the had other a bar, side. A bur- we, I always joked we had a gin bar on one end and a bourbon bar on the other end. And the award ceremony, it was nice. You know, we actually called out all 25. Yes. And we kept them in suspense until the end, just like the Oscars. Uh, who's your best new and yeah. your in your restaurant of the year? And it was so cool to see the reactions and just the humility and the excitement and everybody still a buzz. Cool. I mean, I'm getting emails every day yeah. about the feature in the podcast, and people are still sharing it like crazy on Instagram. And you know, people have asked me about the list all week ever since the magazine dropped, and we started people started sharing their awards because they're really curious about how you know the selection process. Everybody assumed that it would be a lot of new restaurants, that these would be places that maybe were fairly new on the scene. And I think one of the things that I found surprising is when we all started really voting and, and you know, voting based on food, service, and atmosphere, a lot of longtime classics, and I do mean long time, 20, 25-year classics, mm-hmm. even longer, made the list. I have to say one of my favorites and part of it is for how enthusiastic and excited they were at the party to win was Hayes Barton. Yes. I mean, talk about the best chicken pot pie you will ever put in your mouth. Hands down is Hayes Barton. And meatloaf, which I mean, yes. to get meatloaf, right? I look, see? You should, <laughs> see? But honestly, it's got, I think it's the coolest name. So it's I think it's dial M for meatloaf. This is the biggest slice of meatloaf you've ever seen in your life. But it's just not like... You know, it's not like the meat and pudding that Pink Floyd is singing about or whatever. Right. This is really high-end stuff. And also the cake. We love the cake. Oh so if you don't know, Hayes Barton is also a dessertery. When you walk in, if you haven't been there, there's this beautiful display of cakes that I believe are made fresh daily. I had my heart broken recently when I walked in <laughs> for dinner and I see my favorite, which is this lemon blueberry cake. And I'm like, I got my eye on that for dessert. And you order dessert first. Yeah, I learned. For you, for people who like yep. dessert. Yep. Well, and I actually don't like cake, so this is a huge shout-out to them. I actually hate cake, but I love Hayes Barton. I know who hates cake, but I love Hayes Barton cake. You know, the meal's over, and I'm like, I want some lemon blueberry cake. And they're like, it's sold out during dinner. The funniest are the people who go on a date somewhere else, and I've seen this happen over and over again. They go on a date somewhere else, and then they slide in and sit right there at the window on the stool and have cake. They have their dessert there, which I think is sweet. But I have to tell you, so Frank and Margaret, the owners, each restaurant was able to bring four or four people could attend, and they they brought two guests. And it was their oldest, longest—not oldest people, but longest-running employees. Yeah. And— He's actually the person who created the pot pie recipe. You think I didn't lobby hard to get that recipe? Not that I think I could ever make it or would even attempt it, but wouldn't it be nice to say I had it? Did he give it to you? No. I didn't. I did not hear that conversation. No, he was not about to give me that recipe. But tell me that you and I need to come back. You get your cake. Yes. And I get my pot pie. Yeah, he told me that about the cake, too. So we, um, side note, we made these special invitations. It's a highly exclusive event. And... Shout out to Gina for this because you, and I, and I think Liz helped a lot, our creative director, came up with these beautiful boxes that we delivered with handmade invitations to the party. That's like, basically, you're a winner, but you don't know if you what won, you, you know, what you won. Um, restaurant of the year or whatever. And a bottle of champagne, macaroons, yes. beautiful red box. It was Yeah, fun. it was really nice. And a lot of people didn't open them. We each delivered some. And for my part, a lot of people did not open them in front of me, but some did. But Frank at Hayes Barton, his reaction probably moved me the most. I mean, this is a restaurant that's been there since the late 90s or mid 90s. And you kind of feel like if you're us or if you're me, you kind of go in feeling like, how much will this matter to them? Like, they must have every accolade they they could want or need. I mean, who are we to them? And in, in, in a humbling way. And instead, he was very visibly touched by the fact that we had recognized them 
and he repeated more than once how how grateful they were and how they would try so hard to be there. And it's it's not easy for especially right now with staffing shortages for restaurants to make that sacrifice on a, on a night to come. And and I think the thing he said that stuck with me the most is like it's nice that you guys aren't just uh, recognizing all the shiny new things that you're you're really looking at the full food scene. And that was what we did, you know. And I don't think that the new things are always the best. I think, like you said, from the top, there's some places that have been around a long time that really get it right. Well, think about it. Think about how hard it is to to do it well and do it well for 20 years, 25 years. Yeah. I mean, we're at it and we're seven years old. I mean, can you imagine what it'll feel like to be 25? No, <laughs> no. Yeah. But no. also, how hard is it to be new and get it right? I feel That's like, true. you know, like they have the longevity, the you yeah, know. it is. But definitely, I think— that was the part. I was a little worried about the same thing. When you host a, you know, we do a Best Bars in January, and that is a blowout big party yeah, with is. 300 people, and and all the bars bring all their bartenders and owners, and it's a, it's a fun celebration, and we move it from a different bar each year. This is different. When you're inviting chefs and owners, and most of them have won lots of awards, there was a little bit of that anxiousness in me that when we started to deliver these, they'll go, yeah, yeah, who are you? What does it matter? Will we show up? We had 24 of 25 restaurants. And you're right. Most of them have staffing shortages. Most of them can't be out of their restaurant for Mm -hmm. anything. And they moved heaven and earth to find a way to be there, which meant a lot. Yeah, and also several made a point of saying how much it meant to them that we recognized them and how we had earned the respect of the hospitality community and our right to do that. And, and it was very humbling to hear. Um, Frank said it when I delivered the box. Scott Crawford and Vidrio Chef Saif both said it to me during the party. I'm sure some people said that to you. And Scott said it publicly when he accepted his um, Restaurant of the Year award. So it's nice it that is. they feel so honored. It is. It's nice that, that it still matters to them when they're, you know, hometown, you know, we're not a, a beard award, whatever. But yeah. But when your hometown magazine what recognizes you, um, what I loved the most was the same thing I loved about the Best Bars party the first year. We all think these people get together. They all know each <laughs> yeah. other and they eat lunch and drink coffee. The reality is they work seven days a week most of the time, and especially with what's going on right now. So you've got all these restaurant owners and chefs in one room. And big they, egos. And, well, big I, egos. In a but good they, way, but, but I'm like— But they were just so excited to see each yeah, other yeah. and to talk about what are you doing. And, um, and 90% of the conversation wasn't about food and it wasn't about restaurants. They were just— Catching up, it was like a family reunion where you hadn't seen each other in five oh, years. Yeah. And and to clarify by Big Egos, I mean, this is the creme de la creme of the restaurant oh, scene sure. in Raleigh. And so for us to just, it is a highly exclusive event oh. for all of us to be in the room together. Oh, I can't it's just so cool. You, you know, know the, there was one in particular who had said he wasn't going to be able to come but was sending staff. And my heart was hurting just a little bit. I wanted Giorgio there. With him having the restaurants he has in Raleigh, at Rose Water and and then having more coming, he's yep. so iconic in the community and such a good soul and a good human. And so um, he came along, and I have mm-hmm. a great photo with him. He wouldn't stand in front of the wall by himself, so I have a great photo. But, you know, as far as the longtime guys, Second Empire made the list. Talk about a restaurant that is celebrating 25 years. A lot of times when you've been tw- you know, 25 years, what's that phrase? Don't fix it if it ain't broke. Right, But they don't take that approach necessarily. They looked at what was going on in the market and realized that the cocktail scene and that, you know, the Atlantic lounges and bars where you could be a little more comfortable and sit down and have a drink were really drawing crowds. And they took one of the rooms at the Tavern, which is my favorite place. It's all beautiful, but I love the Tavern. That's where I like to eat. They moved all that out, put in leather sofas, made it mm-hmm. a little more comfortable so you can come in, grab a bourbon, and sit down and sort of let the day wash off of you before you start into dinner. Yeah. And I think it was super smart. It really was. We did a anniversary call out a couple issues back, and we talked about businesses across the city that were celebrating big anniversaries, and Second Empire was one of them. And I talked to Kim at that time, and it's purposeful. They're doing this. They they aren't just like, oh, this is who we are, and this is who we've been, and we're going to stick to this. They want to keep evolving with the community and the community's needs. And if you know where Second Empire is, it's kind of funny 
ish because it's this historic house with all of this construction around it and and towers going up and so she talks specifically about how much it means how important you feel or moved you feel when a city's building around you nobody's trying to knock you down you well know? yeah think about it there's going to be the new Kempton Hotel Mm-hmm. If you're facing her to the right, and then you've got 400H, which is going to be this exclusive building with this rooftop pool or semi-rooftop pool and mm-hmm. penthouses all around her. At least they're going to have a perfect place to go eat. I know. I joked with her that she's they're clearly an empire. Nobody's <laughs> trying to take them out. So <laughs> That's true. And I highly recommend their menu changes like a lot of these places. But I had for Valentine's Day rabbit rigatoni. Oh man, We're I know. back to Peter Rabbit. I know. <laughs> I, I tried not to think about it, but I tell you, it was one of the best things I've eaten in a long time. It was really good. I told somebody the other day that we were talking about that after I said on the last episode that I ate rabbit at St. Jock. And they said, I was like, it just, you can't think about it. But a couple yeah. people I've told actually, and everybody is like, it's shocking how good it is. Mm-hmm. But you just don't want to hear what it is. I don't want to think about it. Yeah, yeah, I just don't want to think about how cuddly little bunny that died for me to have rigatoni. Don't want to think about it. You know, and and everybody has their opinion about restaurants. So when I say this is deliciously subjective, it is. We definitely want to hear from people. But, you know, I'm pretty proud of the fact that some of these classic places made the list. And we just didn't throw them on the list. We all dined there. We've all eaten there. We've tried them. And Angus Barn, you know, people might, it's just like saying pools, you know, made the list. The fact is, it didn't just make the list. You know, it really had to score in categories. And I don't know that there's any spot that is has more legendary atmosphere than Angus Barn does. I agree. And I think it's worth reiterating, too, that for us, the fact that people might have assumed certain restaurants were going to go on the list almost made them (laughs) have to— had the team have to fight harder to to prove they deserve to be there and that it wasn't just this obvious nod to, like, of course, pools, of course, Angus Barn. But, look, Angus Barn, that was an easy yes for me. That's one of the most— storied restaurants in the city, if not the state, if not on the East Coast. Um, You know, and everybody has a story there. I spent my sweet 16 there. My best friend got engaged there. Everybody has a story. And I just celebrated my son's 21st there. I mean, and, you know, graduation from high school. And and our holiday party was there last year. Several years. Yeah. Yeah. We love the Turkey Lounge. Yes, we do. We do love the Turkey Lounge. And that's the thing, too, is, like, there's so many layers to that place. Like, the 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 front patio, right, the meat locker, the Turkey Lounge, the general restaurant. And then what a lot of people don't know is in the back, there's a fire pit Mm -hmm. and some tables out there. And so— and you can have a tour of the meat locker and the wine cellar. Yes. Right? Yeah. I love your comment about how many restaurants that win awards have a view of the highway. The highway. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was funny. We were sitting out there recently, and it's like, I wonder how many restaurants in the U.S. are this high end or have highway views. You always yeah, hear, you know, exactly water views, rooftop views. Yep. But I mean, and it's worth mentioning the obvious nods to like an Iron Chef and oh. you know a. a Phenomenal small yay. I mean, they have they check all the boxes. No, Walter, but Hank, yeah. For me, it's the cheese and crackers. <laughs> it's all of it. It's all of it. It's just, you know. A local icon since 1949 and where Raleigh comes to celebrate, savor, and enjoy. Village District is celebrating 75 years of tradition and taste. You can join the celebration for their 75th anniversary on Saturday, April 20th from 3 to 8 p.m. on Woodburn Road. Enjoy live music, pop-ups, a kid-friendly area, and the launch of their Village 75 beer, exclusively brewed by Standard Beer and Food. For more event details and other Village District happenings, you can follow Village District on Instagram at shopvillagedistrict, visit their website at shopvillagedistrict.com, or sign up to receive texts by texting the word VILLAGE to 919-701-0202. And the other, while we're sticking with classics that made the list, remember there's 25 on the list. We'll probably try not to tell all these stories about each of them, but 42nd Street was another. And, you know, there are lots of oyster places that we'll talk about, but I don't even think about it as the oysters, which is funny. It's 42nd Street Oyster Bar, but that's not what I eat when I go there. 
I remember when I first moved back to Raleigh from Arizona 100 years ago, it feels like, some friends took me out and we went there. It was the hopping spot. I mean, live music every Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I joke it, it's still the place if you're looking for a politician in Raleigh when the General Assembly's <laughs> in session, they're either there or the Angus Barn, one or the other. Yeah, I, I love that you mentioned the live music because, you know, 42nd Street does have that sort of celebratory feel to it as well in terms of birthdays or engagements. But it has this really kick-ass, casual, live music bar that's shoulder to shoulder a lot of the time, just salt of the earth. It's kind of like a hidden gem for locals that, you know, hasn't changed despite everything going on around it on Glenwood South and downtown. So, I mean, it's a great spot. And I think also it's worth mentioning, this has got to be the oldest restaurant in Raleigh. Please somebody prove me wrong. But it first opened as a grocery store in like 1927. And then in 1933 became the first to serve beer after the prohibition and you know, went on to become what it is. So it, I didn't have any idea about that history. Yeah, when, until we did that anniversary story, I really did not know that. Right, that I didn't either. So that was one of the other ones because it was a hundred, and we're like, well, wait, which year do we use? And this is insane. I mean, the history is insane, but I, yeah, I mean, and everything there, like the the atmosphere, the service is always impeccable. So most of the food types are varied, but we had two oyster spots in addition to 42nd Street that made the list, and it's St. Rock and Cortez. But these two places are entirely different. I mean, you couldn't, they're both delicious, but for totally different reasons, and their atmospheres are different. I mean, St. Rock, I mean, it just has this New Orleans feel, obviously. And Sonny is, you know, a James Beard best chef in the Southeast semifinalist. I mean, and, and I hate to throw this in because this wasn't even part of the voting. He's just a good human. I mean, when— Well, that's important. It, it is a good—it is, but it, we couldn't actually put a, 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 a line item for good human versus bad human. But he, during COVID, not, let none of his employees go, kept his restaurant open, fed them daily, even when they couldn't be open to the public, and then started doing meals, boxed meals— it makes you feel good when you know somebody like that is yeah, owns a restaurant. The warm and fuzzy. Yeah. I can't not mention this because most people don't know it. You certainly don't know it if you don't read Raleigh Magazine, but there is a secret patio at St. Rock. We didn't know it. We thought they were people were talking about the little two or three tables that are out front, but there's actually a patio in the back. And you're kind of in the know if you ask for it. Yeah, it's a hidden gem when we did the brunch feature a couple months back. Our, it was Alfresco Affairs. Mm-hmm. And so it had, you know, on top of great brunch, it had to have a cool patio. And somebody suggested St. Rock. And like you said, we're picturing like, that what? front little area. Oh, right. It's like, no, that's not a, I mean, no offense, but that that doesn't that's stack no, up, you no, know. No, and they're like, no, 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 this is a hidden gem. You know, you have to know about it to get it. It's back behind it. So check it out if you haven't. But you mentioned Cortez is the other one. That is a fantastic little spot tucked away on Glenwood South. It used to be the old Helios Mm -hmm. years ago, for people who don't know where it is. Um, And this is not your ordinary seafood restaurant. This is a hip spot that is just, it's delightful, it's eclectic, it's a seafood menu that's influenced by Chef Oscar Diaz's travels and his Mexican-American heritage. And it's just— They have a new bar, too. Yeah, yeah. It's just a—it's a great, like, seafood tour that's a little unique. And then—and get get our current issue— because they are opening a sister bar on their second floor space. So it's a good spot. Yeah. Well, and right across the street is one of my favorites. And I'm always surprised. I mean, this was the first spot to open on Glenwood South in 1994. Now it's had a lot of different owners, but I'm still amazed. I took a group of ladies, friends of mine there for dinner and no one Yes, no one had been there. I was how is that sh- possible? I, like, how I, is that possible? I just think no offense. I think but. that little <laughs> red door and the two story. I just think sometimes you see Rockford across the brick, and you think, oh, the building that must have been something years. You know, I don't think people. I feel like I talk about it all the time. That's fair. And actually, didn't it close for a while, like years yeah, ago? I'm like almost positive that it did. Now that I think about but the it, because fr- but I, I remember way back that. when when I first went there, it was you know vegetarian. So it's evolved over time. But it's really, it's classic. Food is really good. Service is incredible. 
Woody and his partner bought it um, two years ago, year and a half ago, and they have plans. He took me out on the back porch, which is not really a back porch, and talked about the patio they may be adding, some things they may be doing. The food's so good. Oh, yeah. So last year we did Best Dishes mm-hmm. because this was before our inaugural Best Restaurants issue. And the Barada Salad at Rockford was our cover star and really put Barada on the map in Raleigh, I it think. Did. I mean, this is, an, this is a trendy food across the nation in foodie cities, and Rockford was rocking it here. Yeah. Well, and they don't have the sal- – currently they don't have that salad on the menu there, but they have this Barada plate. It's really good. <laughs> I will say the last time I was there – I, I think I embarrassed these ladies because they're all ordering the scallops and the this and the that. And I don't, I really don't eat meat very often. But you know how sometimes you just think a burger looks really good? Oh my God. Their burger's Their amazing. Their burger's amazing. Really I didn't is. eat but about a third of it, but it was good. You know, another spot that I sometimes think flies below the radar or it doesn't get all the attention that it probably deserves Stanberry. Yes. Best known for its bone marrow for sure, but. The way we we joked about it when we gave out the award was, and Melissa helped me craft this script, of course, (laughs) it's reminiscent of your cool hipster uncle's house who collects knickknacks and unique wines. And I thought, you know what? That is exactly what it feels like when you walk in. And and I joke that when you open the door, they don't take reservations. That's exactly what I was about to say. And they're probably out of COVID. There's the only restaurant in Raleigh. I, I would even say McDonald's takes reservations these days. I feel like everywhere does, but they don't. And and it, when you open the door, somebody at the bar, all their heads go up, hey, come on in. It has a casual elegance to it. Elegance is probably the wrong word, but just a casualness. But when the food hits the table, you're like, wow. I love that. Like, like you just said, hey, come on in, like going to your uncle's house, yeah. you know, like, hey, glad you're here. And it is wild that there's no reservations. Although, did pools change that? Are they still the only other one that's no reservations out of COVID? I can't remember if they're still know. doing that or not. But, And we all know so many people who really love Stanberry and are willing to go and not know how long they're going to mm-hmm. wait, which is a tribute to what they're no, doing the cocktails there. make that easy. Yeah. <laughs> See, now you, <laughs> you care about cocktails, too. Sound you like keep you saying it's I just say me. Yeah. <laughs> but look, you know, these aren't all high-end, break-the-bank, white tablecloth mm-hmm. spots that no. made our list. I mean, this was a good range of restaurants. Yeah. So the one in, in our hood, I like to say, your yes. neighborhood and mine. It's Dos Tequitas. This is, like, admittedly my favorite Mexican restaurant and one of my top restaurants in Raleigh, too. And I think people—all ha- of us have a favorite Mexican spot. We all have a couple of—you know, it's the one that's next door to your house that you can run to with your kids or, you know, that's easy to get in and out of. But when you want really good, they really stand out, head and shoulders above it. Absolutely. So, like you said, it is it is our hood now, but for— <sighs> 15 years, you know, a couple years back, I lived in Village District, and I still drove over to Dos Equitos in Northwest Raleigh to to have that. I think that atmosphere is so authentic and eclectic. The food is always on point. The service is always phenomenal. And just talking about places that have a wait, like I don't go there now without a reservation. No. Because it's crazy. I mean, they built—and this kind of came out of COVID. There's, like, little tables outside the front door now, and it's a nice— Place. I don't, I'm not quite sure if you can eat there, but it's a nice place to wait and have yeah. a drink. And of course, they have the patio, which is covered. So that's nice, you know, pretty much year round. And it's just really good and really authentic. And it, it has a great family story. So grab the issue, grab and like read about where they came from and how they got to where they are, because what Pamela is doing there deserves to be celebrated. Absolutely. And, you know, the other is Y Hill, which I feel like we joke about this. Um, (laughs) So what I said is come for the skyline views and stay for the food at this damn delightful space. And it is. And it makes every list. And it was funny. We were doing something in the magazine. I said, guys, Y Hill's in three different stories. We can't do that. Yeah. With this many restaurants in Raleigh, we can't. And it was like. But yeah, but it was about the view or it was about the brunch or— And the brews, I think, was yeah. one. Right. And neither one of them had been in the restaurant business, if you think about That's this. That's true, yeah. When Sarah and Chris started—I mean, they they obviously hired a great team to help them create the menu, and they have an astonishingly beautiful view. But you think about it. It's an outdoor restaurant. Mm-hmm. No one wants to—I mean, people sit inside. But no one wants to. No. And between heaters and tents and misters, they have found a way to basically have a 365-day-a-year 
open and serving a full patio restaurant. Pretty astounding. It really is because there was a, there was a spot there before them that people abused for the views, but nobody cared about the food. Nobody cared that much about the drinks. Mm -hmm. They just went and sucked it up because this is this beautiful view. And Chris and Sarah have transcended what was a gift to have this view, you know, at White Hill. And their MO is people, plates, and pours, and they do it, and they do it all with perfection. And to your point about that spring issue where you kind of realized what (laughs) Lauren and I are putting them on several lists— it took a 30-minute conversation to figure out which list to pull them off of. I had to they, argue for 30 minutes that they couldn't put them on all three. No, That's and, what that meant. Well, no, I do—I mean, I understood that point, but it was like they were so on point in they each were. of the categories that it was like, which one can you take them off of? And so— To that point, it's the patio, it's the brewery, it's the food, it's the brunch. Well, and I'll toss in, I was at Glass House, their new restaurant in Research Triangle Park. It is called Glass House, stunningly gorgeous. I mean— House of Glass, since the name. I mean, gorgeous. (laughs) I don't know that I've been in a restaurant in Raleigh that I thought was as strikingly beautiful. What they've created, the menus are gorgeous, and— I, you know, so, okay. So I'm I'm a cynic. I'll admit I am a cynic. (laughs) So I'm like, okay, it's a beautiful view. The menus are beautiful. Well, let's see if the food's going to live up to it. Right. The food was amazing. You know, it is such a different experience. They're only open right now from for lunch from 11 to 6 or cocktails. They don't don't really serve dinner, dinner. They're going to. But they know where they're located. I got there at 1.30, 2 o'clock on a Friday afternoon, and she said, do you have a reservation? I was like, no, do I need one? And she <laughs> said, well, if you'd gotten here an hour ago, yes. They were totally sold out for lunch wow. and booked. Wow. And I was just like, that's incredible for somebody that's only and, been open two weeks. And Well, it's a tribute to what they've done at White Hill that people know that. It's yes. a tribute to needing that in Research Triangle where your glass house mm-hmm. is. And also just to what, you know, like I said, what Chris and Sarah have created. Yeah. And, and it's also— you know, this really proud moment to see all these people in restaurants again. Yes. So moving from White Hill to another favorite. I mean, that's the thing. We love all these places. Well, right. Yeah. That's why they're on the list. Hummingbird. I said, personally invites, um, before we hand delivered the boxes, we let them know to save the date and then that we would be, something would be delivered. I believe that an invite should be as spectacular as a party. It sets the tone for what mm-hmm. to expect. I love that. And as literally, I don't think I had hit send when I got an email back from Colleen. Yep. And she's like, I'll be there. We'll be there. And it was, it, you know, the, the enthusiasm and the excitement I mean, I love that spot. Well, I know you do. Oh, yes. I absolutely. If you don't know Hummingbird, it's at Dock 1053 at Whitaker in Atlantic. And that's just a phenomenal spot. It's such a cool vibe. It's pretty much all outdoor. They do have their indoor seating mm-hmm. reopened now, but it's very intimate. There aren't that many seats. and But you want to be outside personally. And they have the bar seats. It's just such a cool— There's nothing else like it in Raleigh. And then the, the food is rotating. They have a couple staples. But we—back to the brunch thing. Our, well, not brunch, actually. We did those tours that you and I did. Like, you did yes. a gin and tonic tour. I did a chicken and waffle tour. And so for mine— Hummingbird was a star, and I actually even said that they gave Beasley's a run for their money, and I stand behind that. And if you have not had the chicken and waffles that Colleen's making at Hummingbird, you have not lived. It is so good. <laughs> I'm still disappointed she took hot dogs off the list. Oh, maybe off she'll add them back. I know. I, I thought if I gave, <laughs> thought if I mentioned that, she might bring it back just for me. Just she might. for me. She was really excited about. This, yes, so. absolutely. So, yeah, mandolin's another one. Yes. It's a a good jump, I think, because for me, there's a connection. First of all, I delivered these two boxes, and it was literally like a two-minute drive from one to the other. But when you picture Raleigh, you wouldn't see it that way. Yes. But mandolin's on the other side of Five Points. So this is a literal farm-to-table restaurant. Chef Sean Fowler has his own mandolin farm. And I think there's a cool story here, too, that he grew up eating at that used to be a pharmacy, and he grew up eating at that pharmacy counter, grilled cheeses, and now he's helming the restaurant there. But it's just a very well-run, with phenomenal food, like Southern staple, you know, that's it's just, it's always good. And I think one of the things I like about this spot is that if you really are, and you have not, you and I have dined there together, and, and we have set at a beautiful table, white tablecloth in the window looking out. Mm-hmm. 
But if you're in the mood on a, you know, given night, on a Monday night, and you're thinking, where can we go? We just want to grab a quick dinner. They do a $10 burger called the Fairview Burger. Mm -hmm. You can sit in the bar, have it with a beer. And to me, I love that. I love that I can think of that place for the really nice dinner, Mm -hmm. but I can also think of it when I just want something a little more casual. And I love that he has his garden, his own farm. He just did a heirloom tomato dinner that someone on our staff went to. So he does some interesting things and grows a lot of his own produce, most of it. Yeah, a lot of his produce is on the menu. And then beyond that, you have your Joyce Farms chicken and some other local staples. And I love what you said about the burgers, too. I lived in Chicago for just a little bit, and that was a pretty cool thing that happens there. And I imagine in other major cities that that was like Monday nights was burger night. Mm -hmm. And that kind of encouraged you to go out to eat on a Monday night when people might not otherwise want to and make it affordable and fun and casual. Well, and it's nice because if you've looked around, I mean, restaurants need a break. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and a lot of them are closed on Monday night. Right. So it's kind of nice when there's something different that yeah. one, of, one of the spots is trying. It also gives you a way to, if you've never been to Mandolin, and it's a great way to try a spot out. To, oh, it really To pop is. in and have a drink at the bar, get a feel for it, and then go, okay, I want to make a reservation. I want to come back. And that was one of our brunch spots, too. They have a cute little patio, mm-hmm. and they have really good brunch. Well, so I, from what it. I understand, that place is always books like Hummingbird. If mm-hmm. you don't make a reservation there two weeks in advance, you will not eat brunch there. That's true. <laughs> unless you know somebody. And it goes without saying that Rosewater, I mean, I already talked about how much I adore Giorgio. and But that is like the ongoing North Hills Garden Party. Yes. We can all say there are places that transport you, and you don't feel like you're sitting in Raleigh, you can sit on that patio and sit by the water wall and let the water... You won't have a clue that there's traffic on Six Forks anywhere around you. Yeah. that A lot of these, we talked about how they transported us to another mm-hmm. place, and that's definitely one of them. And for that to exist inside, arguably, a, we'll call it a retail center instead of... You know, it's not a mall, but we'll no. call it a retail center... And you don't feel the parking lot or, no. or the, you know, all the, all the hustle and bustle around you. And right. I, again, that bar is just stunningly gorgeous, especially oh, yeah. at dusk or an evening. Yeah. It just glows and glistens. And it's, and it's just, it feels very festive. I like that spot. It's not a huge bar, so you're lucky if you get a seat. And the outside, too, this is, I mean, I feel like it's a tribute to their design that if you sit there and watch, like if you're nearby at Stir or Level 7 and you sit there and watch, you'll just see people come up and take photos in front of Rosewater. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure Rosewater would love them to come inside and eat as well, but it's probably booked. So Yes. Well, the other North Hills spot that's on the list. It's Coquette. So jumping across Six Forks, we have Coquette. And this, for me, it's like whether you're whether you're channeling Hemingway or Emily in Paris, it's just this authentic French brasserie feel. Again, it's transporting you straight there. You have the en plein air bistro tables next to the big windows, bustling sidewalks, but in a very Parisian-feeling way. And, in fun fact, Coquette uh, translates to flirtatious. I which didn't know that. I think is something super— fitting for them. And, you know, they have the staples like the croque monsieur, uh, the croque madame, quiche, obviously, which is one of our best dishes. Uh, They have the best French fries in Raleigh. Cut to the chase. They have the best French fries in Raleigh. Hands down. I'm going to tell you, if you go there, you can order all the frou-frou food you want. French fries, and I'm a connoisseur of that. I don't eat a lot of them, but I definitely try them. And yeah. those are amazing. And I would say the chicken sandwich, too. I went there for lunch recently, and I just was like, I'm just going to go basic and get a chicken sandwich and fries. We knew the fries were on point, oh right? God. But I didn't—I just thought, oh, it's going to be a chicken sandwich. No. This is probably the best chicken sandwich I've had maybe Absolutely. ever. It was very good. Well, I have a funny story. So those were two—Kevin pe- and Stacy that own Vivace and Coquette— are two people that I met a hundred years ago. Stacy and I were pregnant at the same time, and mm-hmm. they were just opening Coquette, and we laughed. We were all babies. I had another magazine, and and we just sat and talked about the fear of raising kids and what we were getting into, and to yeah. see what they've done. I mean, two very successful restaurants. They're about to open a third, which is going to be in your backyard. That's right. I'm excited. Um, over where Ed, Edwards Mill Bar and Grill used to be, they're mm-hmm. opening another restaurant. But they're in Charlotte with a two-story Vivace 
They have a spot in Colorado. I mean, they've just, they've done well. Yeah, they really have done well. And, and now we all have teenagers. Ugh. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> It's, hard, like, it's like hard to believe that Coquette's been there that long. I mean, mm-hmm. in a way, it feels like it's always been there, but it also feels brand new. No. Time to add the mix into the mix of your go-to hot spots. With signature craft cocktails and neat pours, 12 rotating craft beers, and 8 rotating fine wines, plus cider and bubbles, the mix has the perfect pour for everyone. Take flight with beer, wine, whiskey, mezcal, and tequila. Or not in the spirit? Craft cannabis gummies and high seltzers also invite. Sprawl out on the patio, post up on the couch with your laptop on a weekday, catch the big game on multiple TVs, or cozy up in the wine library for an upscale paired tasting. Weekly events keep the good times coming from tastings to live music and more. For the full lineup of events and offerings, visit bottlemix.com. Yes, with two X's. So that's bottlemixx.com. Kind of the same beautiful spot to Vernagora. Yes. And and hands down, that rooftop is just a beautiful place to be. I think the whole restaurant is nice. I'll tell you this. I don't want to upset any apple carts here. (laughs) But I always want to sit upstairs. I don't even care if it's raining. Yeah, same. I'd rather be upstairs. I mean, we talk a lot about how much we like being outside and rooftops, but that one is particularly nice. It's there's not another one anywhere with that perspective in that part of town. Mm. You know, we just actually did a rooftop list. So go to our website if you're interested in rooftops. But there were 14 restaurants and bars with rooftops. And this one has a kind of unique position. Mm-hmm. So it makes you want to sit up there because you can't do that anywhere else over there. Well, and as we just said, talking about Second Empire, that street is changing right quickly. So that right. view up there is going to be incredible. It's going to get more incredible. Well, speaking of rooftops, oh, here this we go. brings us full circle. She went there last night. That's true. So as we record, yesterday was my birthday, and I spent my birthday on the rooftop at Jolie, and that was one hell of a birthday. It, I mean, look, all rooftops are nice. We just talked about how nice Vernon Gores was, but when we got there, there was weather, so the drapes around it were closed, but the it lifted. We hadn't even been sitting for maybe two minutes before they came, and open them all. That's and kind of dramatic It was way, Having it was the cool. drapes moved back. Yeah, and they're doing it. We're at a corner table on the rooftop, so they're doing it around us. I'm like, do you want me to move? And uh, they're, you know, they're all so polite. No, you're fine. And as they open the ones next to me, the sun is setting, and she was like, you have the best sunset view in the city right now, which took plenty of pictures of and we'll post. But I, you know, I've had French food before, not a lot, though. I've been to Jolie before, but it's just so authentic, and it's so good, and it's not anything, you know, St. Jock is French, but it's also a totally different presentation than Jolie, and there's just something about that rooftop. It's also striking to me, if you don't know this, Crawford and Jolie are right next to each other, and Crawford has a very black ambiance. Dark, very New York. Yeah, and, and Jolie has a very uh, light, bright, white ambiance, and when you're standing—it's like an Oreo. <laughs> you're standing outside looking at them— it is such a cool juxtaposition. But anyway, the views from up there, if you're facing the direction I was, you can see the skyline. It was just phenomenal. And so I have to say, too, the chef sent me a lentil salad with tarragon vinaigrette that's not on the menu yet. By the time you hear this, it will be. But they sent it up for me to be the tester to, to see. I know. I felt so special. Special treatment. And so I asked, you know, the server, Ryan, shout out to Ryan, is this going to be on the menu? And Ryan said, well, chef wants to know what you think. That's why, you know, that's part of the test. I wonder if you hadn't liked it, what would have happened? Can you imagine? You'd have to lie. I mean, I know you loved it, but. One of my other favorite things, which is um, besides the very delicious cocktail, I have to say, was the, what you get when you get your bill, this vintage book. Yes. It is so cool. Raleigh, if you have not seen this, it's a very small book. Um, What would you say that is like? It's like a four by six. Yeah, Yeah. four by six, vintage, tattered, worn. um, And it's a real book. It's not fake. Yeah. And so uh, Scott Crawford got these, I asked. He got these in Paris from a small village. And they give them to you when you sign your check so that you will sign it and write a note or Mm -hmm. sign your name. And so when you, and, and it's also a real book. So when you're looking through this, it's just the most kind of an awe inspiring experience. And, and again, we always assume people know everything and we don't want to 
bore you with things you may already know. But if you don't know, this restaurant's named after his daughter. And she has hit the age in North Carolina that you can work in a family business or a family restaurant. And so she's going to be starting this week or next, I guess, after school, helping. She's super excited because obviously she's Jolie and it's Jolie. But he's really proud that she's going to be there in the kitchen with him and doing some things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's adorable that if you guys haven't, like, followed them on Instagram and also Crawford and Son. And they just added— it was interesting when we were leaving. It was like, do you want dessert or a nightcap? Um, but they also just added swag. So mm-hmm. he's like totes and They've got shirts totes and little bags. Yes. Yeah, they're cool. Well, and and Melissa touched on it earlier. We went through all the announcements and gave out awards for all 23 restaurants. We did restaurant, best new restaurant, and then we did obviously restaurant of the year. And Scott was there. And you know, I mean, someone of his caliber who's won all the awards he's won, you really don't know if he's just going to stand up and go, thanks, and sit down. And he was gracious. We gave him the opportunity to say a few words, and he really talked about how hard it's been during COVID and how the restaurants have had to work extra hard and, and how much it meant to be honored. Mm-hmm. And he also, I whispered his ear and said, so does that mean you'll come back next year and give out 2023 Restaurant of the Year Award? And he goes, absolutely, count me in. And so we're excited about that. It was it was really nice. Um, his wife, Jessica, is a phenomenal photographer. And she quietly knew that the steak tartare was going to be on the cover of the magazine. That's her photo. So beautiful. And she didn't tell him. She really didn't tell him. That's he did, amazing. He told me, he said, I did not know. He didn't know it was going to be on the cover, and he did not know that he was Restaurant of the Year. So that was pretty exciting. By the way, we also chose five restaurants, five best restaurants for the year from the suburbs. So that's Clayton, Wake Forest, Cary, Holly Springs, Apex. They are great spots that we love. They're in the magazine. So check it out. One last funny story. We were about 24 hours from sending the magazine to the printer with Garland on the list when we suddenly get the announcement that Chidi is closing Garland for good, leaving downtown. Can you say game changer? I almost had a heart attack. Look, (laughs) this is a fun job, but it really does put the word work in work. Like we always say it, it's a labor of love. Like I just said, this feature was so carefully crafted. (laughs) Okay, so here's what she wanted to do. She thought we should just go ahead and print it as is and just put a little editor's note that said, at press time, I'm like, if we've got time to put a note in press time, we've got time to take it out. And she about lost her mind. Yeah, I threatened not to cut it. I said, nope, they won fair and square. This restaurant's been here all year. Chidi said they're going to be doing pop-ups. I feel like that Uh, was enough for me. No, no. And 25 best restaurants means 25 places that you can actually go and eat, Melissa. I know, but what, we could have gone to the printer, you know, a day sooner. Yeah, no, I get I it. I played the boss card. I think the thing is, and this is really, le- it sounds lazy, it's actually the opposite. And we talked about this this morning. Yes. Everybody finally asked me, I was so worked up about it. We had worked so hard on this feature, and it was so polished, and we are so tired when we go to the printer, and we've read the issue several times. Our eyes are tired. Our brains are tired. No one can do math that day, by the way. Fun fact. So I was afraid that if we put in—we easily had extra restaurants that people fought for. That was not the problem. But I was afraid that it would stick out like a sore thumb that this one restaurant read differently than the others because maybe the writing wouldn't be as elevated. But shout out to Lauren. She wrote that one. And we shared the feature. You probably can't tell who wrote what. And she did a brilliant job. And and then that sold me. But that's what I was worried about. I think you underestimate um, the editorial team because I don't think you can read through any of it and tell who wrote what or when. And I jokingly said, so are we going to tell people who 26 was? No, hell no. (laughs) No. No, because it doesn't matter. It absolutely does not matter. So, rapid fire. We always play a few little games. So, a couple of questions. What's the one place you think we left off that people are going to be salty about? Because you know, and I love, basically, I love hearing from readers. Oh, yeah. So, I have a couple, but I'm actually only going to name one. (laughs) But can you believe it? Yep. So, I'm thinking plates. Plates did not make the list. It is a phenomenal restaurant that flies under the radar. It's tucked away on Glenwood South, but it's damn good. The atmosphere is actually really nice. They've done a great job there, and, you know, stay tuned. Maybe they'll make it next year, but it's 
the brunch is amazing. They've got a little uh, coffee bus outside there now. They just added. And so, I mean, that's one I think that could have been a contender easily. And I, I think we now live in a city that's just large enough with enough of a food scene um, developed that you almost have to beat you know, beat the drum for yourself. You have to you have to put yourself out there mm-hmm. and promote yourself a little bit for people to know. And I think they have or one that flies under the radar a little yeah. bit, but their food's amazing. I mean, I will tell you that I am pretty sure we're going to hear from people about death and taxes and Beasley's. Oh yeah. There's my other ones. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of people who think that maybe we chose the wrong restaurant or maybe all of AC's restaurants should have been on the list. As I said from the beginning, subjectively delicious. Deliciously subjective. Both. Yes. Okay. So one last question, and you may have already answered this sort of, who do you think was most excited about being included? I think that they were all excited, but I think the reaction that really got me was Hayes Barton. That was very genuine um, and unexpected in the best way. Yeah. Mine, undoubtedly, Saif at Vidrio. He grabbed me. He hugged me. And for a a chef who has already won so many awards, his wall is almost full. For him to be that genuinely excited just felt great. You know, I'm going to go ahead and call it. Like, he hasn't gotten a Beard nomination yet or a Beard award yet. And that's, that's, you know, we kind of said it earlier, but that's coming. That's in my opinion. I think so. But, you know, I would argue that being on Raleigh Magazine's 25 best <laughs> uh, restaurants list is Equally just important. as important. That's right. I'm with you. It's a bucket list. I say it's your foodie bucket list for the year. It's two-ish a month. You can try them all in a year and, you know, tell them, tell them you heard about them in Raleigh Magazine. Absolutely. Tell them we sent you. This has been Office Talk with Raleigh Magazine. I hope after hanging out with us, you feel more like a Raleigh insider. You can find copies of our magazine around town or subscribe for $10 for 10 issues. We'd love it if you gave this podcast a rating and review and share it with your friends. This podcast was edited and produced by Earfluence. I'm Gina Stevens. We'll see you again soon. Want more of Raleigh Magazine in between issues? Visit RaleighMag.com and subscribe to our newsletters. They come out Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. Five-minute read keeps you up to date. And especially on Friday, dish on this, where to eat, where to drink, what to do this weekend. Subscribe for free at RaleighMag.com.